0: Support for Heart and Hand is brought to you by Manscaped, who, as you know, are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news from Manscaped, they've just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, so join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Everybody knows that Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Now you can complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature sent by Manscaped. I have a bottle of this, and it smells fantastic. It's calming, inviting which is always a good thing if you're spraying it in certain places. And this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. This 50ml spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free and 100% vegan. I'm not quite sure what some of that means, but what I do know is that it smells great. And you get that manly feeling, no matter where you use your manscape to shave, of putting it on the freshly shorn skin and going into the mirror. We all do it, don't lie. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code rangers at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code rangers at manscaped.com. So Rangers, use the code, look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. Hello everyone, my name's David Edgar, I'm the host of Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast And delighted to be back with you this week Joining me to discuss, uh, not the most memorable game that you'll ever watch Is Alex Staff, good afternoon Alex yeah, Hello David, so it's all been good? Uh yeah, uh, um, <laughs> You wait all weekend for a game And, oh, right. you know, and, and then uh, the, the Sunday at 12 We didn't lose No yeah um, which and, is, uh, yeah. um uh, thanks folks right we'll be back next monday <laughs> with uh, <laughs> uh, loads of different factors i think to, to get into but uh the performance itself probably wouldn't require an awful lot of analysis i watched it back uh this morning monday as we record and often you, you do it as well. I know that you watch the games back. And often you miss something because when you're watching it, there's the tension and, you know, you're not sure of the result, etc., etc. So you watch it back and you're sort of focused on stuff. And um, generally there are things you've missed or we were a bit better than I remember or whatever, but I can't in all honesty say that. I think that there was a real paucity about the performance from start to finish, literally to finish yesterday that, the I think, you know, given the reaction of the manager, Alan McGregor, probably was as much of a shock to the to the team as it was to us watching.
1: It looks like it, yeah. Um, and, and you know, that was—I'm sure we'll discuss that uh, in further detail. But um, that starting team—I know a lot of people talk about the rotation, but uh, the, the starting team was mostly players that we've been relying upon all season. Uh, you know, nine of the eleven, you would argue, would be regular starters for us. So. Um Yeah, I, I can't imagine Gerald expected that or even something close to that um, from the team. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear Alan McGregor never expects that uh, or certainly never accepts. That. Accepts,
0: yes.
1: <laughs> um, he's not He's not a fan of that sort of thing at all, is he? No. Um, and there was a guy who played out his skin yesterday. That I mean, brilliant. that was a tracking performance for McGregor. Not just a couple of good saves all round, just brilliant. Um, and he's absolutely raging at the end of the game, uh, which which sums up his kind of attitude towards it all. It was yeah, very unexpected, David, although I think somebody has pointed out that the, the four draws this season have all been 12 o'clock kickoffs. So um, you were joking during the game that we don't wake up to half 12. I'm starting to wonder if there's something going on there. Has this Rangers squad got uh, the same attitude
0: towards... Early early
1: kickoffs
0: as yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, look, that's I think a, a legit point because, as you say, that's four matches we've dropped points in this season, which is remarkable, uh, given that it's February and we've won the rest of them. But um, they have all been these Sunday twelve o'clock kickoffs, and there is a flatness to them. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to 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 be at some of the games this season, and it is odd because you've got the the stillness that the, the We all are experiencing when when we're outside at the moment. The world is a very, very surreal place at the moment. But I don't know why, but it does even feel different a Sunday at 12 than a Saturday at 3 or even the evening games. And they're all a little bizarre because you get, you know, the... That people are warming up. You've got the full stadium. It's, the stadium goes as normal. If you like, you know, there's the announcements of the team um, and the announcers still do it. And number one, Alan McGregor, you know, they, they they do that still. You've got the music playing as the players warm up, so there's there's still that noise. And then the the game kicks off and it's silence. Bar shouts from from the actual players, and that that is bizarre. But there is something even eerier. I would say about a Sunday twelve o'clock kick off, whether or not it's just that sort of ambience that a Sunday has, and that's a difficult thing to try and explain because it's a difficult, you know, it's very much an abstract concept. You can't yeah. feel it or touch it. It just it does feel to me as a as a layman and and just somebody watching, it feels different. And you, you look at. Reasons for certain performances maybe not being up. Of the four matches, I would say that this was by far the worst performance. Livy uh, Rangers didn't get going, and there's the plastic pitch element to that. But it was early in the season, you know. Roof wasn't quite up to speed yet. There was guys settling in, so okay, and it can happen at Livy. Motherwell was a slow start, and I think that the team recovered in the second half and just you got a goal and couldn't get the second. But but there was definite. Improvement in that second half. Hibbs Rangers should have won that game. Um, it was actually, you know, an offside goal, defensive mistakes. But even then, we made chances again. Though in the first half, Rangers' the sluggish start. And yesterday, probably for the first time, a, a sluggish start that, that wasn't you, but it continued. It continued into the second half.
1: Yeah, we could just never get out of it, and you kept waiting, you know, because we've seen it a few times this season. Slightly slow start, as you say, and especially in those games, all of those games that you mentioned, um, even to some extent, Livingston. Uh, very slow start. We did kind of up the tempo, but it just felt as though we left it too late. Uh, and that one, and as you say, Livingston, as as we know, can can be difficult on that pitch. But, uh, but yeah, that's a. It's not. It's not a surprise that that Hamilton had more shots against us, more shots in target against us, than any other team domestically this season. In that game yesterday. Um, it really was a game where McGregor had to be good to, to keep it down to one um, and I know that one came right at the very last second and almost it would have felt like robbery any other day apart from uh, on Sunday where it felt like let's be honest, the very least that Hamilton deserved in the game um, they, they deserved at least a point and it would have been utter robbery if we came away with all three I think yeah uh,
0: that that's the thing, usually with a game you get A load of disparate opinions, but everyone I've spoken to has included the phrase, or they deserved at least a point. Um, We didn't deserve it, and you're right. Had had they scored after you know 25 minutes, and then we'd we'd get a draw, it wouldn't have felt as bad. But when you can see literally in you know the 93rd and 59th minute of a 94 minute (laughs) game, you're gonna be you're gonna feel like you've been kicked in the kicked in the stones a little bit. Let's the the 12 o'clock thing. Is potentially becoming a thing. It's something I'm sure they're looking at. I'm sure they're aware of it because yeah. you know they they look at everything and, and players. I think it was Wayne Rooney that spoke about hating the really early kickoffs because he just didn't feel his body was uh, attuned to it. Because throughout his career, obviously you're know, growing up, you play at, at certain times, and he said your preparations change, etc. So it's it's clearly a universal thing among footballers. But then Hamilton started well. Um, you know, Hib started well, Motherwell started well in, in three of those matches. So there was a 12 o'clock kickoff against Aberdeen. We won 4 0 and, and played well at half time. So you, again, that, that that just complicates it. But I'm sure it's something that they'll look at. But I want to talk about the team selection because a lot of talk about it. Now, I'll, you know, be honest, I rolled out my bed at 10 to 12 and really just saw the team as, as we're getting ready. And I was surprised to see Bongani Zungu in it. I, I didn't expect that. But there's been a lot of focus. The manager himself said, uh, I've got the quote here, he said, uh, I left too much personality uh, on the bench. By that he means you know, Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis, and the drive they give Rangers, which is key, which is important, especially Stephen Davis this season. I think that Stephen Davis is a leader on the park. I think we can see that. He's maybe not a shouting baller, but you, you know he drives him on, and, and I think maybe to... to an extent that that sometimes gets overlooked, but yeah, it was the wrong team because it didn't get the result, but you you nailed it there when you said nine of those players are regular starters. Cedric Keaton came in, Alfie suspended, and he's come off the bench and shown up well, so it's not that big a surprise. The only real surprise in the the selection was Bongani Zungu, Um, and he didn't play particularly well, and and we'll we'll come to that about his, his future, but even so, and I'm not excusing the manager there because, you know, clearly when Davis and Jack came on we were better. I suggest one of them should have played. But it was really just one change that I think was was up for debate really. And yeah, afterwards you can say, well, Hadji was rotten, I would have gone with him. but but there was only really one that I think was an eyebrow raiser. That doesn't for me excuse the other outfield players.
1: No. And if anything, really um in a kind of more normal circumstance, if if it wasn't just rotation, say these guys had, say say Iten and Zungu had, in, in many ways, Itten almost did have to come in. Um, you could argue Roof could have started, but having just come in back from injury as well, uh, D4 wasn't available, Morelos wasn't available um, in many ways he had to if if, these, if it was injuries that caused these players to come in, guys who haven't started that many games this season who are only getting little bits of time off the bench haven't been given a chance to get up to speed if it had been injuries that had forced them in rather than rotation, you might have had a little bit more sympathy for them on the day, you know, you might have been saying well, to be honest, I'm not really that surprised they struggled a bit because they've not had enough time this season to, to really get themselves up to speed uh, you, you, you might have argued that, now uh, that's that's, kind of, that's up of the beat, that's debatable, right? Because some players have shown that that doesn't matter. I think Ryan Jack, for example, recently, coming back from as long out as he has been, it just it, it looks as though he's no missed a beat mm-hmm. uh, when he's come back into the team. So that's not entirely uh, an excuse. I'm just saying, you know, from that perspective, you might have had more sympathy for them. Um, and before the game, Gerard did mention, you know, obviously he's got to manage Ryan Jack's injury. Now, and that I think that's going to be a long term thing, hopefully mm, not. But no, does, I agree, it starts to look like it now, doesn't it? Uh, and Davis had just started 12 games in a row, and, and Gerald used the phrase has went above and beyond. Um, now, we know that we use a lot of data around our players, um, a lot of statistics to see how many minutes have they done recently, what sort of distance have they covered, etc. And I suspect that he felt as though starting Davis was an injury risk. Uh, or, or had been advised that it, you know, had a good chance of being. Is it so, pitch?
0: I mean, like, is yeah. that something that we we all look back to that Jamie Murphy injury? Yeah. And is is there a case because you know, no Ruth again, someone who we know has has needed managed. Uh, no Balligan, someone again who's who's needed managed. Uh, Jack Simpson even on the bench, that that maybe the manager does think, yeah, okay, in this game, it's a plastic pitch. No point taking any risk, which is understandable incidentally, I'm not mm. going to go at him for it yeah. Um. and again, I, I keep going back to you know when I looked at that team, while I was surprised to see Zungu in it, I didn't panic I thought, yeah, that team's got more than enough for Hamilton Naki's.
1: Yeah, and we were kind of excited by it in starting as well because it feels as though he's deserved it mm. um, his issue has been that, um, apart from maybe one start uh, in, the, in, the, in the kind of handful that he's had Sadly, his, his sub appearances have been more impressive than he starts so far. He's uh, he, he's rapidly gone down what Nacho Novo used to do um, a couple of years into his time with. He suddenly became a super sub, and any time he started, it just wasn't he never had a great game. He needs to be uh, he needs a good he needs a good ninety minutes sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, well, relatively fine. I, I didn't hear anybody complaining before the game. Let's just say I did. Uh, nobody, no fan said before the game. Oh. That's a mistake, or um, you're a bit worried about this game. I have foreseen the team, (laughs) and you know, and we've heard that before plenty of times. Yeah, Um, and it's probably incorrect or or whatever.
0: This wasn't like the old fun game, the 2 0 at the start of last season, where everybody saw the team and went, Oh. Right. You know, and, and and the manager said, you know, it was the wrong team. He got it wrong, and he did. I think yesterday that team should. And yeah, in retrospect, he got it wrong because we didn't get the result. We didn't play well, but I still think that to focus on one player, because uh, it was just what it wasn't like he made eight changes to that side, right? Uh, League Cup he over-rotated, hundred percent. I don't think that was the case yesterday. The, the team just collectively didn't play well. Um, on Zungu though. Uh, he said hypocritically after saying let's not focus yeah. on He is on loan uh, he, trying to get, you know, obviously would, you would assume once the deal made permanent and he hasn't had a lot of minutes. He's He's been sent on to do a very specific job and as one wag put it yesterday, the problem was we didn't have eaten and, um, and Zungu to come off the bench and run down, you know. <laughs> it, it's very yeah. good at helping us over the line. Uh, he's He's 28 years old. I think Zungu's a good player. I'm just not sure he's what we need. And that's not a slight on him. That's just given that, you know, we, we don't. In an ideal world, you'd love to, to have certain players for every occasion, every position, you know, for if you need cameos at the end of a game, but we have to cut our cloth accordingly. And do you think at this moment it looks as though he is going to be around for next season, or if it's just. You know, square peg, round hole type thing.
1: I'm not willing to, to write him off. I don't think, you know, I, I don't like to judge any player this early into, you know, within the first year, 18 months.
0: But if you kind in. of have to, in terms of yeah. making steel. I know what you mean, and, you know, the likes of Say Haji or whatever, you, you, you give time to develop, but he's yeah. not our player. He's a loan yes. player, and we need to make a decision about whether to spend the money and give the contract to him or do we get better value more of what we need elsewhere with that money
1: no you're right you're right um and that's fair and as you pointed out you're talking about somebody who has played at a decent level in france he's an internationalist he's 28 years of age and he's essentially been given almost like an extended trial with us eh, with this loan deal that's what these are almost like in many ways now it hasn't been ideal because of the time it took during the transfer window to get him in then he has to go and quarantine then you know, he's suddenly he's way behind because he wasn't, you know, he hadn't done a full pre-season with his, with his old team because of the, the COVID situation and being stuck in in South Africa for a while. Um, so there was all of that holding him back and I get that. But at this stage, it is difficult to see him being a player that will be retained. Um, certainly if Rangers are going to sign him, reported fees of three million pounds, I think we'd be trying to negotiate that down. I don't think we'd be willing to spend that much on him for somebody at his age and, and the level that he's shown for us so far. So, you know, if Jared has seen more of him and does want him to hang around, I think we'll do it similar to, to what we did with Hadji and, and speak to him and try and get that price to come down because, you know, he's not valued at that sort of cash, um, especially with only a year left in his contract after this one as well. Mm. Uh, I, I would say that's so, David, and I don't know if people always say that uh, you need competition in a squad to get the best out of, of everyone um if zungu coming in has meant that davis has played as well as this because he's looking over his shoulder thinking oh if you know if i don't show up this guy's going to come and get a game instead of me if that's meant if that's stepped up davis's level if it's stepped up kamara's level and both of them have been excellent this season then you know for a loan deal that's going to be worthwhile then hasn't
0: it oh yeah 100 percent. people do sometimes think that they'll, they'll point at someone and say you know it was a flop but you're right. That can happen. I, I joke, but Dan Egan, yes. <laughs>
1: right?
0: the man, the man who won us the treble in 2 couldn't get near the team because Moore and, and Amaruso were sensational. So it, it, he was brought in, you know, as cover and competition. And, and it, if it pushes people on to higher level, that's great. But then I, it's just as you say, when you're coming to spend the money, it's yeah. But I need somebody that. It, if you like that, yeah, he's been here and he's provided that, that that competition, but clearly he's lost the competition, you know, yes. and the the other guy is always getting picked ahead of him. So I need someone to come in now, and it might be a phobe, the the youngster from, from Bournemouth. I need somebody to come in if you like and restart the competition because at the moment the the midfielders know that they've won it. Um so yeah, it's interesting. As I say, I think he's a good player. I'm just not necessarily sure his game is exactly what we need at, at times. I think that he, he definitely does have a role. Uh, he's neat and tidy. He's great at retaining possession. Uh, came on, did well, I thought, against Hibs uh, the previous weekend. Uh, he came in and, and St Johnstone uh, and helped close it down. But in games, you maybe need to build more rather than perhaps that sort of thing. Um, God, I remember all the way back to, to Advocates' time. You never saw Derek McInnes near a league game, but seeing Europe when Rangers yeah. wouldn't have as much of the ball and there would be other tasks needed. He brought in PSV famously and did very well. So, yeah, interesting. We'll, we'll have to see what the summer what the summer brings with that one. Moving on then to, to the actual display itself. The front players did not play well at all yesterday. Um, Kent, Aribo, Haji, Eaton. I felt a bit sorry for Big Cedric, I'll be honest, because I don't think that... It was going to be easy for him. I think that there was a huge gap between him and anyone else that yeah. that we don't often see with us. It's not like us. Second half, I thought we improved a wee bit, but you know, Hamilton played a system that there was space in behind on the flanks, and we never exploited it. We we did a bit in the second half, and and you know got a goal from it. But there has been some chat about the form of Ryan Kent, and yeah, Ryan Kent does a lot of stuff even when he's not you know necessarily playing at his best but his form has been patchy since the term of the year it would be remiss of us to say otherwise and I'm a huge Ryan Kent fan anyone who listens to this knows that
1: Yeah, he's still an inconsistent player at this stage in his career Um, I don't think there's any doubt there his contribution this season has been much better than than the previous two and that's what you can expect gradual improvement Uh, but he's not quite at that stage yet Um, annoyingly with Kent for me anyway um, he should have scored probably one if not two um, you'll remember the the pass that Ryan Jack played to him in the second half that was a great chance um, I'm pretty sure he, I haven't had a chance to rewatch it all yet but pretty sure he had a good chance first half as well Ryan Kent um, and then obviously at the start of the second half he looked as though he was finally getting in behind and that ball over the top was starting to, to kind of work because as you said Hamilton were happy to push up a little bit um, and he was the one player of, of the forward players that we've got that's got that explosive pace to get beyond a guy, you know, on the run. Acton's not got that, Hadji's not got that, Aribo's not got that, they've got different strengths. Um but Kent was it was starting for the first ten minutes of the second half and thinking, Okay, we're finally getting up. just a simpler ball over the top. Sometimes that's you just need to do that for, for a bit of a game, get yourself ahead, turn their defence and then you can start to to kinda of play your football. But um yeah, obviously it didn't work and, and I'll be honest, David, as much as we started the second half a bit better, um after about ten, fifteen minutes, Hamilton started to create the good chances, didn't they? I mean, they were mm. I mean, Gregor, that's when he had to step up and make the saves that he was making. Oh, the double save. The
0: the yeah. save in the first half was amazing, but the double save I thought was, you know, that we talk about players because we look at ages and sometimes we shouldn't the the you know, yes, he's he's 38, 39 but the save, the double, the reaction to get to the second one. There's a lot of goalkeepers in their twenties will never have reactions like that.
1: Yeah, he's he's uh, he's not went down at an inch. Probably. You know, you're supposed to, as you say, these kind of late thirties. that's just what we're used to growing up when we were watching football, wasn't it? David? Mm-hmm. When players were oh, yeah. as looked after or are able to look after themselves as well as they can now. Um, so so we so we kind of even with goalkeepers, it was very rare. There were some who could go into their 40s, but it was still quite rare that they went there and were as good. Some of them fell off a cliff, but were still just good enough to, to kind of get by. McGregor's not missing a beat. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine anytime soon that it's going to happen either. Uh, he's, uh, had a, he's not had to do an awful lot this season, let's be honest, we've defended really well. But when he's been asked, you know, there's been, he's been he's been excellent in the games, but he's had to be. Um, and he, yeah, was, he was the only player yesterday that could feel aggrieved at that last minute goal. Really, wasn't he? He was the yeah, only one. Was. Um, everybody else, to be honest,
0: should all been looking about going. We deserved that. Uh, I'd exempt but- the subs. I'd exempt the subs who came on, but the rest, I think, there, there wasn't a single starter. Um, and 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 Aribo frustrates me because he's he's got so much ability. Um and at the moment it's every so often we're seeing it whereas I, I look at the physical build he has, the the talent he has, the vision he has. And you do look at a game like that and say, you know, you, you should be dominating that because the, there are there are times you can't get the ball off him. And yeah. uh, he's he's got this amazing ability to to glide past people, to win a ball back. Uh, In in circumstances And I think that's why people get frustrated with him Because with some players it's just Well what do you expect you know That's as good as they are I don't think that's the case with him And he's had a bit of a stop start season But he has to run in the team lately And I think again It feels like you're singling somebody out On a day that it was a collective shocker But maybe we are a wee bit harsh On the likes of him and Kent Because we know they're better than that
1: We we do, we have higher um,
0: expectations of them because
1: of their abilities, and they've got to have higher expectations of themselves, and I'm sure they do, to be honest. Um, uh, With a it kind of goes back to... For me anyway, this this is my opinion on it. It goes back to what I was saying with Ken earlier. These are guys when you consider the age that they're at, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. Hadji falls into this category as well, Cedric Kitten's in this category, uh, Glenn Kamara is well, round about that age. We've got a number of these guys who are quite important to us, but they haven't quite hit those years of their career yet where they're consistent. Is it any is it any real surprise or is it any coincidence that McGregor, Davis, Goldson, Tavernier Arfield, Jack, guys who are all late 20s and their 30s are the guys who have been most consistent for us this year, the guys who Mm -hmm. have really stepped up and that's, you know, I think that's why we've got a a core of good young players, I still say young, I know people would have an issue with that when they're 23-24 but I would still class them as, as relatively young players and they've got a few years to go yet before they're going to be at their consistent best um, we've seen this before with players the difference these days um, as compared to the last few years is we've got good players around them now whereas a few years ago if you think back to the days of Windass etc, Barry Mackay mm. guys like that, we didn't have anybody around them to help them through you know, um, they went through that stage so well we're, we're in a good place this season with that uh, or this squad with that now but I just think they, they, we should have higher expectations of them, but I think we should always caveat it with just a little bit of, okay, they're not going to be brilliant all the time. However, however, they do need to start working towards something that's a bit more consistent than we've seen in the past few months, especially from Aribo, I would say. who There, there can be games, you're right, he, he works hard and he can be really good off the ball, but then there are other games when it's not working on the ball when you think you're not doing enough of it either. You can never put that on a Ryan Kent, you know? That's true, That's If true. Kent's not having a good game on the ball, he's still absolutely working hard off it. There are times when you watch a and you think you've not tracked your man there, or, you know, just certain little things that he's not doing. You think to yourself, right, okay, if you're not going to have a good game for us on it, go and do your job elsewhere and let somebody else go and take over um, for us in the attacking sense. Uh, and I think of those players he's the one that can be I'm not I'm not saying he's terrible at it before anybody has a go, definitely not and I've defended him for this at earlier points in the season in other pods but I don't think he's all of the players I've mentioned I think he's the one that's the weakest at that side of it um, and that's the sort of level that's the thing he needs to do a bit more of he had one moment in the game on Sunday David the one that he had the shot that went just wide in the first half yeah. Aside from that, it was kind of hard to see what else he was doing, even from a kind of defensive sense as well, um, in terms of, you know, being a bit stronger for his there and keeping his... Because Hamlin created, as I say, a lot of chances, so we obviously had some issues there. Um, uh, and it was hard to see what he was doing that way. So, so yeah, uh, you're right. It's sometimes unfair the way that we focus on them, but they have brought it on themselves in many ways with the level of performance that they've shown that they're capable of. Uh, so they're going to have to just accept it and should be working themselves
0: towards trying to bring that more often. Yeah, I would agree with that. Defensively, I thought Rangers, who have clearly had a fantastic defensive season, were awful the whole match. Um, I'm a Hellander guy, right? Uh, for me, our first choice defence is the defence that played yesterday. If Good. everybody's fit, I'm a Hellander guy. Um, but he does not look comfortable on these pitches. It really is that simple. I don't know if it's in his head or whatever, but his positioning was bad. He was letting the ball bounce, which, as any Scottish schoolboy will tell you, is what you're hmm. told from, from, from infancy. <laughs> you, know, you, yes. you, know, you know that before you know the alphabet. That you never let the ball bounce. Um, he was out of position a lot. He, uh, he had a terrible game, but I don't think any of the rest had a good game. And the goal itself is an absolute debacle of a thing. Um, now, we've won a lot of games by a single goal. So clearly, we are good at seeing out games. And we've sat on this show and we've we've praised them after certain matches. You know, I thought that we, we saw the game over the line um, very, very well. Celtic, uh, at Ibrox springs to mind, Hibs even. Uh, last week springs to mind goodness St Johnston if you you want to, to to only go back to the last game. So it's not all the time. However, that's now three matches that we've conceded with virtually the last kick of the ball, two of them after e- uh, either equalising or um, getting what should be a late winner in those matches, and we've gone to sleep and conceded a goal very late on. Uh, I'm talking of course about Benfica away, St Mirren in the League Cup and then yesterday and the goal itself was was terrible. Why is Stephen Davis at right back in the 94th minute? Why is nobody tracking runners from midfield? And I think Aribo was, was guilty of that. Um, he wasn't in picture. Why is nobody in the, the centre of defence picking up the one Hamilton striker? It's a, a goal with as Adam would put it, a tactics guy, uh several points of malfunction uh, <laughs> in it. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, picking anybody out. But again, it's one of those ones where you say you weren't in the right positions, you weren't set, you weren't alive to the danger, and it's happened before. And this isn't just us, because going on Alan McGregor's reaction yesterday, uh, he he wasn't best pleased with what he just witnessed either.
1: No, he certainly wasn't, um, and it was it was more than just the fact that he hates losing a goal, wasn't it? He yes. was already he he was uh, uh, if if he'd put that head around the post, um, you know, as he's obviously tried to do with the save, uh, and it went out for the corner, he would have gave exactly the same reaction uh, to the team because he was absolutely fuming with what he'd, what had transpired to create the chance in the first place. Um, I would get back just a minute before that, David. I, I felt. Okay, so we were trying to see the game out and there was a couple of times around about the 92nd minute where there was clearly a shot on for a couple of people and they would turn out of it and try and play something else or, or try and play safe plays in the corner. And sometimes that's the way to go, but I was kind of thinking it's only one now, it's Hamilton. I don't mean that disrespectfully to them, but was like, why not just have the pop here? Because obviously we didn't keep the ball in the last second anyway, so um, sometimes it, was, it just seemed like... The, for exact Scott Wright, do you remember that moment in the game where he's driving at the box and he's got a bit of time and space um, and I'm thinking he's gonna hit it and then he tries to play the ball out to Tavernier while he's right and gives it away. Um
0: I think, if like that, that. I think if it's not his debut. Yeah, he probably he, has yeah, a call. He probably goes on and yeah. does it, but he's you know, you you're you're still at the fitness. I thought he looked sharp yesterday yeah, when he came on and yeah. I dare say we'll see a wee bit more of him. Definitely. But it, it it it's yeah, I mean, and look easy after the fact, because you're so annoyed and you don't even have the opportunity to sling the ball up and try and get away, you know, it's no, that uh, late in the game, and yeah. that drives you nuts and it was the same at, at St Mirren, so you're just left there with that sort of empty feeling um, and that's what happened to us all yesterday look it was a terrible performance, nobody at Rangers tried to sugarcoat it, none of us on here, and Alex and I are probably two of the most optimistic podders yeah. on heart and um, we will not try to sugarcoat it, however uh, one of the themes that I, I come back to is that social media can polarize opinions. Where you find yourself that pushed into a camp, you have to be in one camp or another. You you can't just, um, you know, have a middle ground. And there is a middle ground here, which is you can say that yesterday was a terrible performance and a bad result, and it was, and still believe that the team have done fantastically well, that we're in a wonderful position, and that we'll rebound next week. Whereas I think that when people argue online, and it's maybe not the best place for nuance, as we know, that you, you tended to see people say, well, you have been far too harsh on the team, you know, look, look where they are. And then you had other people saying, well, we're not allowed to criticise that. Um, well, no, you can say, God, that was awful today, lads. But you can still say, however, having just looked at the league di- uh, the league.'" table and where we are and the games that we've got on ahead, it's a blip, take the point, up the road and move on.
1: Yeah, it's it's that kind of, this all seems to fall down when people don't really take that second to understand the perspective the other person's talking from. When when people were being critical yesterday, they were talking from the perspective of that game, you know, it it was about the Hamilton game, it wasn't about the season overall. Maybe people were saying, oh, we've had a few poor performances in a row. Arguable, yes, um, you know, there's a bit of debate in there, but it's certainly, um, certainly a, a, an argument for that, um, and you can say that as well. Uh, but yeah, these, you're right, these, we all love, or certainly social media seems to, make, seems to give the impression that we all love an argument, and uh, it was a bit daft yesterday because I don't think anybody was, I think everybody pretty much agreed with each other, which was the crazy part about it. Um, the performance was really disappointing. It was a really bad watch for us Definitely, I think Alan McGregor nailed it right after the game. That's the worst we've been, um, in, in quite a while. Uh, possibly the worst we've been under Jared. Actually, I'd say we played better against Hamilton in the game. They beat us one 0 at Ibrox. Just a no, bit. we made
0: uh, we made dozens <laughs> of chances
1: that night. Yeah. We just
0: couldn't score. Yeah, but, you know that was that was down to some oh, absolute settles and stuff. See if see if we'd had a normal goalkeeper, and lost that game. 3-1. I honestly don't think we could have had any complaints yesterday. No. Really? Because the, the not only the quality of chances that Hamilton carved out, it took top drawer saves to keep it level.
1: Yeah. And you know, there'll be some people listening to that and thinking that's, that's disgraceful or whatever against a team like Hamilton. It happens. There's been some top-class Rangers. Sides have lost games to teams like that before. We know that. Um... It was just, it was strange, as you said, David, on on social media. Everybody's in the same camp, I think. Um, We all realise this season's been really good. We were all a bit annoyed at the the way the game went. Some people are a bit concerned about potential signs of complacency. I think that's a little early to judge, but, uh, you know, I can see why some people would maybe go down that road. So, yeah, there was no real reason for the debate. I think we could have all for once got together and just went, well, that was rubbish, wasn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. And kind of moved on. But, uh, but no it's uh, that's a bit too easy for <laughs> for Twitter, really, I really kind of be doing that um yeah it was it was one of those one of those days really did you said if you're like the likes of me or um, I'm going to give him a shout. I wouldn't normally do this, but tags, bear, on, on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you know tags, David. Maybe over the years. Yeah, no, uh, from, from social media. No, yeah. from, from social media. Um, it I makes you help. look miserable. Oh, exactly. I was going to say tags is possibly the only person I know. that's even more um, crazy that way. <laughs> I trying to find the positives all the time. Um, you know. Uh, but you know, people like myself, people like myself, we have to just take every step back sometimes and go, "Do you know what? This isn't about some sort of wider point all the time." Um, sometimes people are just venting because of a rubbish game, and everybody had that right yesterday because it was a rubbish game. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, strange to see so much debate, but I think it got. Uh, I think it all got overshadowed pretty quickly, David, with, with some
0: of the mm, uh, some of the stuff that, that was going on last night. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so look, uh, it's in the record books. It's a point, uh, I suppose. If you can't win, don't lose. Um, but obviously, with everyone keen to to get this over the line as soon as possible, and not having a game this this week is frustrating because you need to wait the full week. But we will welcome Kilmarnock. At the weekend, new manager uh, appointed there today, Tommy Wright. Not the sexiest name, Alex, but he knows what he's doing and it, probably exactly what they need. So there'll be a challenge, but again, you know, some of the reaction you would think that we were playing Real Madrid on Saturday. It's, it's Kilmarnock, struggling Kilmarnock at home, Um, the team with a point to prove after yesterday. I'm expecting a reaction.
1: And we've seen this season uh, examples of that already, David. That's, that's the thing that, that I think a lot of people have kind of. Um, Forgotten. Uh, we, we've had moments. You'll remember we um, we had our games. We, we beat Dundee United two one away from home, and it wasn't a great performance. If you remember, we then went to Semirin and lost in the League Cup. And when Motherwell went one 0 up at Ibrooks in the next game, there were some panicking people. There were some fans thinking, "Uh oh, this is this is looking like we're, we're, something's going wrong here." We turned that game around and we reacted well and we went on a good run after that. We went on a really good run after the, the disappointment of the Hibs game. Um, even even if you take something like, you know, drawing the way that we did away to Benfica was disappointing. The next game, we put eight past Hamilton. This squad's shown all season that they're capable of reacting to those bits of disappointment. Um, I would be concerned... If we don't see a reaction in the performance, David, I must admit, I don't think Kelly will make it easy. Tommy Wright's good at setting up a team, all that sort of stuff. Um, And, you know, they've got quite a bit to prove themselves because they've been terrible this season. But uh, I expect it to be high tempo players looking to prove a point. Um, And uh, yeah, even if it's only 1-0, 2-0, I still expect the performance to be better because ultimately that's what this team's done all season.
0: Early to say, because, you know, a full week, you never know what will happen. We've got Kamara's appeal to be heard uh, tomorrow, so we don't know if he'll be available or what not. But would you anticipate maybe see, I mean, I think if available for selection, I would expect to see Davis and Jack, <laughs> for example, yes. start at the weekend. But in terms of that front line, which, you know, we haven't been scoring an awful lot of goals, Ross County apart. Uh, would you anticipate any changes or maybe a kind of rejig up there? Um, I think it would be, Harsh on Hadji
1: to be dropped, but if Roof's available, Morelos isn't, is he? As, 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 I couldn't remember if Morelos' suspension was three consecutive games or if it was one of those daft things where it's two games, then he's available for a game, then he's no, suspended he's, for a game. He's not, he's, he's not available. He's not available, yeah. So um, uh, if Roof's appeal goes through, and hopefully that will, um, we might start with both Ruth and and as such. Uh, and then I would see Hadji drop because I think we all know Kent's not going to be dropped. Um that's just whether you believe he deserves it or not, Stephen Gerrard yeah. will play. We'll play. That's him. the
0: difference in that's the difference in what would your team be and what will the team be. Yes. Right, absolutely yeah. right. Kent Kent will play, you know. Um and I, I I don't know if we'll see I'm thinking more about Scott Wright possibly yeah. coming in for for Haji, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But just roll on. We have a series of home games coming up. Get them one and you know the the then we're even closer. And I suppose that is just the frustration. Everybody just wants us done and dusted as soon as possible. But the players are the same, yeah. and you know they they know. That, that yesterday was was a shocker. So, at least I suppose as we will go right back to the start of the show. Um, uh, at least we didn't get beat. So uh, I think on another day that that most certainly could have been the case. And and one of the things when people worry about screwing it up, um, this team's had opportunities, bigger opportunities to screw it up, and hasn't. As you mentioned there, at Motherwell game um, was one could have fallen apart after the League Cup and the criticism they got. Won the next nine games. Celtic at, at Ibrox was a game. You know, if they lost that and put more, uh, or some petrol into Celtic's flag and title challenge, all of that uh, thing. So no, I I'm like you. I think we bit too early to be to be panicking just yet. Right, folks. Thank you very much for joining Alex and I. Uh, Cami will be back with you on Thursday for a full preview of the Kilmarnock game when obviously we'll know a little bit more about who's likely to, to line up then until then if you want to hear more from me and from Alex Alex who is the regular host of our preview show an excellent show that goes in depth on all our Premier League opponents so if you, you want to know exactly what Rangers will be facing at the weekend I urge you to go to our Patreon site it's heartandhand.com forward slash Patreon where from just one ninety nine per month you can get up to five shows every single day. We cover all things Rangers, cover current events, history, tactics, you name it, we cover it, and also a few other things as well to entertain you through lockdown. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure, David. Thank you. My thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. I'll be back with you next week. Until then, stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. bye <music>